Hi everyone, I'm Anissa and welcome to the Sleeping Tea Podcast. Sure, maybe I just make it on one person who's ever listening to this, or one child or one teenager, but I don't consider it as just one person, I consider it as one generation. Over here, we don't spill the tea, but rather sip it. Each week, we have real conversations with people who have gone against the conventional thinking about what it means to be successful. So grab a cup of tea and join me on this episode. Hi everyone, on today's episode, I'm excited to have with us Farhan, the Managing Editor of August Man Magazine. Welcome Farhan. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. So let's dive into the interview. The first question that I usually ask my guests is, how did you get started? I applied for it. <laughs> uh, how did I get started in the job or how did I get started in the industry? Both in the industry as well as in the job. Okay. Uh, I've always enjoyed writing. Uh, it was something that I have been passionate about since I was in, mm, I want to say primary school, but I don't really remember. So probably secondary school. I used to make newsletters for my class. Uh, one-man job, kind of eight-page newsletter. And I would write every single story in that newsletter. I guess because in that point in time, I would read a lot as well. So naturally, for most people who become writers, they are usually avid readers or voracious readers. I started considering a career in writing, so I worked towards that. And, and I was never any good in math or science, so... I guess English or writing was the only skill or the only discipline that I could make a living out from. Um, started out in a trade publication. Uh, it was called Bright Sparks. It was published by Job Central. And then from there, I slowly rose through the corporate ladder, so to speak. Uh, I worked in Reader's Digest. I uh, wrote freelance for Esquire and a couple of other magazines in Singapore. And then eventually, I was approached by the then managing editor of Augustman uh, and asked me whether I wanted to join the, the magazine about five years ago. So that's how I got into the title and then I uh, just slowly rose up to the ranks to become the managing editor. So do you always wanted to be an editor? Is it something that you aspired to be when you were younger? I think I just wanted to be a writer, to be honest. I just wanted to be paid for my writing. But as you progress in your career, you I, I always found it ironic that as a writer, if you sort of rise through the ranks, you tend to write less. You start to edit more and manage people more. So, but I wouldn't say I've always wanted to be an editor. It was, it was just a natural evolution for me, you know, from a writer and then you become senior writer and associate editor and so on and so forth. So, yeah, uh, I have goals and... Well, I guess for me, one of the goals is to reach the pinnacle of my chosen career path. So I guess being a managing editor was was the goal. Oh, okay. You mentioned that you, uh, now that you're more like managing editor, that you write less. Do you actually miss um, the times when you actually wrote articles? Or are you okay with uh, being a manager right now? Being a managing editor, of course, allows you a certain level of freedom to decide what you want to do. So I still write, uh, mm-hmm. not as much as I used to, but I still do, especially for, you know, like feature articles or certain passion projects that I feel require a certain voice. So yeah, I still do. Uh, whether I miss it or not, 
I guess sometimes I do miss, you know, the freedom of just being able to write and not worry about anything else. But that's quite naive, so to speak. Come, comes and goes, like, you know. At the end of the day, it's all about making sure I do my job and manage my writers to the best of my ability. So you mentioned that you wrote a few feature articles for August Man magazine and I actually came across one of them that you recently wrote um, where you interviewed men on the 2019 A-list about what success means to them. So actually I would like to unpack that question with you but maybe perhaps before we do that you could explain to me and our listeners who are not familiar with the August Man magazine what is the A-list and who gets to be on it? Sure. The A-list is our signature campaign for August Man and the idea is to curate or to gather a group of gentlemen uh, in Singapore uh, with style, substance, and success. So we started the A-list, even before me actually, we started the A-list 10 years ago. Uh, this year will be the 10th year of the A-list. Yeah, so that, that was the whole purpose of the A-list, to, to gather a group of like-minded gentlemen to be able to network with each other and have business connections and uh, do some good for for society or make an impact. Mm, I see. Okay, that sounds quite interesting. So back to the question on success. So I took a listen on the interviews with the men and listening to all their answers when they were asked what is their definition of success. And I think I caught some of them saying that it's the courage to go outside your comfort zone as well as some mention about um, overcoming any form of adversity. So I would like to ask you, Arhan, what does success means to you? I think it has changed over the years. But one quote that I live by, I guess, would answer this question. Uh, when I was in secondary school, I had a teacher, a history teacher, actually. And he, he said to us uh, one particular lesson, uh, nothing to do with history. He suddenly said to us, you know, if I only make an impact on one person in this room, with my teachings or whatever I have you know, to teach, I don't consider it as just one person. I consider it as one generation. And that has always stayed with me through my whole life. So I guess for me, success is really making an impact. Sure, maybe I just make an impact on one person who's ever listening to this, or one child or one teenager. But I don't consider it as just one person. I consider it as one generation. So I guess that's success to me. Mm. That's something to think about because <laughs> I never saw it in that light. It's compared to how you said it. Yeah, that's one way to put it. So let's switch gears a bit and talk about I think last year when you climbed Mont Blanc as part of the 1858 Watch campaign. Considering that that mountain is actually one of the highest in the Alps, it's about like 4,000 meters if I'm not wrong. It's not for any like beginner climber or anything. So I'm guessing that this isn't your first climbing expedition. Actually, it, is, it was my first climbing expedition. Oh, it was? Wow. Okay, that's even more yeah. impressive. You have to take into account, I, I failed to submit it also. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's actually the, the thought of, of thinking of wanting to embark on such an expedition is actually quite, quite impressive. So maybe you can tell, tell us more about the climb and maybe like, some takeaways that you got from it. First of all, it was the hardest physical thing I've ever had to do in my life. Uh, it's really no joke. I it was my first ever alpine climb, meaning I've I've climbed well I wouldn't say climb but I've trekked up 
smaller mountains before and it's just trekking right so most of the time when people say they've climbed a mountain they've actually just trekked up the mountain uh trekking is infinitely easier as compared to climbing i mean i i enjoy climbing rock climbing but alpine climbing on the other hand is very different because there's snow and to climb up on snow or to even trek on snow requires specialized equipment crampons boots what was it called ice axe and all that so it's not easy it's mm-hmm. like let me let me try to think of an analogy uh it's like trying to swim in a pool but you're wearing concrete boots you know you're always being weighed down by by everything oh it sounds quite difficult yeah yeah it's it, it is very difficult then secondly for those not used to altitude it is very very taxing on your body especially for someone like me who's uh, very used to sea level so i'm not used to living you know in like 1000 or 2000 meters above sea level so there's very little oxygen and your body's not used to that amount of oxygen because it's so little right and because you're pushing your body yeah and it's quite thin up there yeah 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 so it was tough man <laughs> <laughs> and and actually it was um dangerous as well uh which is why i decided not to make a push for the summit uh there was an episode where i so you're climbing right and we are all strapped up to each other on ropes and so there was a particular portion of the climb where as as i was navigating the the rocks i slipped and slipped down the rock and you know this is i don't know 3 3 2000 plus meters some or something above sea level so i'm sliding down and i'm like oh this is it <laughs> the end <laughs> But you're connected to everybody else, right? Yeah, no. So that's the thing. Like we are all connected to each other. So if one person slides down, everyone slides oh, down no. because of the rope, right? We are not connected to any to oh, hooks or whatever. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So my guy, I mean, he's an experienced guy. So what he did was he told me, and I I didn't know what he did. He told me he uh, threw a rope over. He threw the rope that was around him over a boulder. There are, there are a lot of like boulders there, right? So they're like natural kind of like anchor points. The the rope wraps around the boulder, and because of that, I stop. Uh, my fall stops. Ah, uh, uh, jerked. I I jerked to a stop, and yeah. So I I I lift, <laughs> and that's when I you know we 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 trust on yeah, and then we I I was thinking about it, and I realized I'm not in a in the right physical state, and to 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 even tackle the summit ah, uh, because there's going to be more of this, and I'm already like spent and fatigued already. So uh yeah, I decided to. Be be humble. Uh, the mountain is always going to be there. The mountain has humbled me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like be very prideful and tackle it, lah. Uh, one of one of my guides, I guess he's he's a guide. He saw my face. He felt what I was feeling. He just told me, "Fahan, the mountain is always going to be here. You can always come back and do it. So don't worry." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, the mountain is always going to be there, lah." Mm. That's true. So, were you at any point afraid after you slipped? Were you like afraid that it will happen again? Was that one of your considerations why you decided not to summit? Mm, not really, to be honest. I wasn't afraid. I was too tired to be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess mentally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it exactly. You reach that point where you're like, you don't feel anything anymore. You know, you're just 
trying to put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. to, to move on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess I will also share the same sentiment with you about the mountain being always there. As I, a few months ago, actually went to Switzerland to do a bit of hiking. Nice. In my terms, it would be called hiking. Mm. Comparing to what you did, I think mine was probably just a hike. I haven't trained in a while and I thought like, okay, why not I just do something easy? So <laughs> I saw there was this like four-hour tourist hike. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I was like, okay, um, it's a tourist hike, so how high would it be? Mm-hmm. So when I, I think maybe they... They said it was too easy. Maybe it was like a tourist hike for Swiss people. <laughs> but when I was on it, I actually took seven hours. <laughs> wow. As it to go up yeah, and down again? Just to go up. <laughs> yes. Okay. I know. So I knew that probably my stamina wasn't even there. So even at that point in time, I, I was really close, maybe like an hour or two to the to the ridge. So this is the ridge that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I could see it from where I was and I looked up and I was like, oh man, like that's another one or two hours and then by the time I go back down, like it's probably gonna be dark. So I was like, um yeah. okay, next time I think that place will still be there when the next time I come and visit. Yeah. Oh okay. Oh so you didn't you didn't you oh, didn't, I didn't reach at all. Oh. Which mountain was this? This was in um like Harder Klum is was in Interlaken. Oh, okay. I think I know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you been Have you been to Switzerland? Yeah, but not Interlaken. But I think I know where you're talking about. Yeah. Nice. So I think the air was quite thin, also. Mm, yeah. It is. It is. Even though we took a, I, yeah, I took a cable car up. Like in spite of that, I think my body had a shock from like zero to a couple of thousand meters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not so easy, yeah. man. I mean, it's easy. definitely not. Yeah, but definitely not as compared to what you went through. But yeah, I think uh, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not about comparing what you did with uh, to other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what you did today, making sure that it's better, that you're, you improved today as you were uh, compared to yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's Kudos great. to you to, to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So um, I've read in some uh, articles that you actually give career talks to students. So maybe you could share with us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you usually <laughs> say to these young minds nowadays? I tell them that, well, it's funny because, you know, uh, I'm usually invited by my alma mater to, to provide like these talks, right? Because just like uh, your podcast, mm-hmm. they wanted someone who has been out there mm-hmm. uh, who has gone through the, the, the career and, and the process and going up the ranks and all that and to give them these kids advice uh, on career. Uh, and I always ask the teachers, is it okay if I tell them like the truth, uh, you know, like not the, the sanitized version that sometimes we, we like to give to the young ones, right? So they say, yeah, yeah, tell them, tell them the truth, tell them that you are you're not a model student, that grades are not everything, that school is, is really just a, I, I want to I say like launch pad, but everything else is up to you, right? Because you have to navigate the space shuttle. The school is just the, 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 the launch pad for you to launch up the space shuttle. Now. So that's what I tell them, actually. I tell them grades are not everything. I tell them that school, you, you have to do well in school, but it's not the end all and be all if you don't. And that what matters more out there is your perseverance, your hard work, connections as well. I tell them the world is unfair in many ways. 
but in Singapore, it is more fair than a lot of other countries. And that, yeah, that I was a bad student. But, uh, and I tell them there's, there's a lot of luck involved as well. But, you know, sometimes you work as hard as you can, but you don't reach what you what you desire because you just didn't have the luck. That's, that's how life is. You just have to play the cards that you're dealt with. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can, you know, you can sit down, you can complain and you can whine. Oh, you can try to make something of it, no matter what. For example, yourself, right? You're, you're an accountant or you studied to, to be an accountant, I assume. But I imagine you've always wanted to interview people and you've always wanted to do something like this. So you set out on your own to make this sipping tea podcast. And I, I saw that, you know, when, when you reached out to me and I was like, that's nice, you know, that's, that's someone trying to make a name or trying to do something for themselves. So that's why I tell them. So if you think back, to the education system that you went through, um, do you think that it actually prepared you to be an editor? Oh. <laughs> I mean, my time in Mian Polytechnic, so I studied MESCOM in Mian Polytechnic. Def- it definitely did, of course, uh, provide, uh, give me the foundation to be doing my career, uh, the writing, the editing, uh, the management and everything else. You cannot, okay, so you, you, can't, you can't stop learning when you get out of school. I mean, a lot of people feel right. Oh, okay. When I get out of school, uh, that's the end of learning and I just work. Right. But I think you can never stop learning and you should always surround yourself with people whom you can learn from. I always feel that when I'm the smartest person in the room, I should leave that room and find another room where I can be the stupidest person in the room because then I can learn from people. So I guess in a way, school teaches you these things. School teaches you the qualities that you need, the the the, you know, the determination, and the perseverance, and the hard work that you need to to succeed. But everything else, you have to learn yourself. Life, yeah. But school definitely gave me the foundation for it. So I wouldn't say it was bad. Just uh, it's just people see interpret school in a different manner as I do that. Mm, yeah. I can see that I can hear from the way that you speak about school. It's a little bit different than how normal people actually speak about it. I mean, now everybody wants to be number one in class, you know, everybody always wants to be the top. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it's good to be number one means you have the drive to succeed, right? So Yeah, yeah that's true. That's one way to put it, yeah. If I were to quit my job in finance tomorrow and maybe fulfill my dream of becoming an editor, what advice would you actually give me? Specifically to writing, is it? Yeah, to writing. Okay. Um, first of all, before you quit your, your job, mm-hmm. have a portfolio, have a writing portfolio. So like, you know, like whatever works that you've done, whether in school or, or a blog that you've written or uh, whatever, whatever it could be, right? Uh, or like freelance stuff that you've done for or different uh, publications, digital or print. Create that portfolio first uh, because a lot of editors, they, the first thing usually, or at least the first few things that they would ask is for your portfolio. Okay. And second, uh, figure out what you want to write. It could be anything you write. Maybe you want to write about finance, right? So there are so many like finance publications and finance blogs out there. Understand what they write about 
uh, and find the gap in their coverage and give that solution to the editor. Uh, so for example, if let's say, for example, right, August Man, uh, we, we write about men's lifestyle, men's fashion and watches. We do cars, we do dining and all. But then you feel, oh, okay, uh, I can perhaps give you finance uh, related articles because our readers are all in their 30s and they obviously would want to know more about how to retire and how to best invest in a bear market, bull market, etc. So you approach me with the idea and you pitch that idea to me and then you give the portfolio or your writing portfolio and I see, oh, okay, there is a gap and you are giving the solution to that gap or giving me a solution to my problem. And yeah, that's, I guess that's how you get started in writing, you know? <laughs> okay, I never knew that. I mean, the writing industry seems to be a little bit different than the normal, um, you know, corporate finance industry where you actually don't have to pitch for a gap. But yeah, I think yeah, it's pretty good in a way that you can actually put yourself out there and like, stand out from the rest in terms of knowing what the um, the company wants and what is yeah. the company like. Actually, to be honest, I feel this advice applies to every industry, even the finance industry. Because if you think about it, the world has problems, right? And for example, like you're an entrepreneur and you have a product and you want to create and sell your product. So your product has to solve a problem in society, mm-hmm. right? If it doesn't solve a problem, no one's going to buy it. Or in finance, like, oh, okay, uh, sure, I can come in and do accounting, but what if I can do something beyond that and I can help my company solve a problem that they've been trying to solve with my skill set? Then that means that you wouldn't, yeah, so you wouldn't just... In the processes, like more efficient, finding like better way Correct. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see. To do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you provide value mm-hmm. to whoever that... that that you uh, want to pitch to or, or your, your boss or whatever, then your boss sees you as like, oh, okay, this Anissa is uh, uh, it's not just a, a, a cost center. Anissa provides value to me and to my company. And therefore, uh, maybe I'll promote her and then I'll raise her higher and all that. Lah. So that's mm-hmm. how I always saw my career. I always try to think of ways. I see. It's like the, to strive to be, to constantly improve yourself and as well as the place that you're at yes that's right okay right. okay so is it ties in with your your life slogan about wanting to always learn yeah in everything in life you know not just in my career but like health my everyday life that's why i decided to climb mont blanc because like you don't get opportunity to climb mont blanc every time or that's why i decided to run the tokyo marathon or that's why i tried to learn scuba diving yeah and all that lah. so you just keep improving yourself lah. uh if you don't improve yourself every day if you're happy with being mediocre, that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with being mediocre. But I, I don't live like that. I don't want to just go through day to day and, you know, watch Netflix and then go to sleep, you know. Uh, I guess it's uh, different people have different definitions of how they want to live their life. So we we uh, we, sh- we can't judge them on how they want to live because everybody likes it in a different way, right? Yeah, of course. Well, don't judge people. You wanna do? You wanna watch Netflix for eight hours of your life? Go ahead, man. As long as you're happy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as you're happy. Yeah, that's right. As long as yeah. you're, you're happy, while you're doing, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
So, there was another article that I actually read that you mentioned that you're leaving your dream job. Is it like surreal or is it not something that you actually thought it would be? I know this sounds very douchey, but I don't have dreams. uh, I have goals, right? So, when I reached my goal of being a managing editor of Augustman, I was asking myself, what next, right? So, what is it like to leave my goal? It was fun. I learned a lot. But it's time for something more, you know, which is... Once again, goes back to, to my mantra of always being better today than you were yesterday. La. So it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I, I met so many people. I made a lot of new friends, made a lot of new contacts, uh, made some enemies, of course, you know. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great time. So what's next for you? Oh, can I not reveal that? <laughs> I'm going out publishing into something else. I'm going to publish it into something else, something where I will be making a uh, an actual impact on Singapore. Okay, so now we've reached to actually my favorite part of the podcast, which is the the rapid fire questions. So I'll ask you ten questions, and you have to answer them as fast as you can. So ready? Sure, go for it. Okay. The first question is first job. Intern? Does that count? Yeah. Sure. No, wait, hey, no, no. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. First, first job, is it? First job, yes. I, I scoop, scoop ice cream at the gelato cafe. What is your worst job? Can I say I don't have any worst? Actually, that was, uh, but I cannot say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it though. It's terrible. I hated it. I was there for six months only. <laughs> uh, what is your current favorite song? Favorite song right now? Trick Punks by Vince Staples. Texting or talking? Uh, talking face-to-face or talking on the phone? Not either one. Uh, talking face-to-face. Favorite day of the week? Yeah. <laughs> um, Monday? Okay, and is there any reason why it's Monday? Because it's the start of a new week and it's a chance to, to you know, do to start something new, like, I guess. Yeah, do it all over again, you know, whatever it is, yeah. Favorite holiday destination? Oh, as in one I've been to or one I would like to go to? I don't understand. One I've been to recently was Tromsø in Norway. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, yeah, the midnight sun. I was there for the midnight sun. So that was, that was really sun? nice. What, what phenomenon is that? What's mid- so that's, that's when the sun, uh, so that's usually on the longest day of summer. Uh, and when you're near enough to the Arctic Circle, when you're near enough to the North Pole, the sun doesn't set for mm-hmm. 24 hours. Oh, wow. So, yeah. it, so it just stays up there. Yeah. Even at night? Yeah. Even at, at night. Even like your night, right? At like 1, 2 a.m., the sun's still up in the sky. It's beautiful. So it's still bright out there? Oh, it's super bright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, now I'm getting confused. Yeah, it it's at night, but it's yeah. still bright. And there's a sun. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the sun doesn't set. Wow. The sun never set. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay. It's called the midnight sun. Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, you should, you should, you should. Tromso, go to Tromso. Okay. That's that's like the most northern part of the uh, like the Arctic Gateway, basically. Uh, one place I've always wanted to go to was Antarctica. Is there any particular reason? Uh, it's just the only continent I've I've never been to. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the person you call when you have good news. Oh wow! Nobody there. Can I say that? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call, I guess. I would just text. Maybe I'm my mom, la. if anything, my mom, if I call my mom. Favorite ice cream ice cream flavor? 
Oh, it's kind of boring. Vanilla. <laughs> it's very... My answer is very vanilla. It's vanilla. <laughs> How do people know when you're stressed? That's the last question. When I'm quiet. Or quieter than usual. Quieter than usual. Oh, so you're naturally quiet? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. But when I'm... When I'm more contemplative than usual, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to share your unconventional journey to success with me and the listeners. I really enjoyed the interview. I think I've heard like a lot of good stories, a few good takeaways from this interview as well. I hope so. I hope so. Before we end this interview, um, is there anything that you'd like to share about like, the magazine that you're working in or any way that the listeners can, can find you or look for you? Sure, I'm on I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's the second Mr. Han, uh, and my my magazine is on Instagram as well. It's a website. Uh, it's on newsstands. Uh, it's August Man. Uh, August like the month, and man as in man and woman. Uh, I guess one thing that I can quickly say is the a lot of people think that August Man. They're like, oh, uh, why is it the month of August? Well, it's actually pronounced August Man uh, because oh, okay. it's derived from Augustus Caesar, uh, the the Roman Emperor. Yeah, yeah. So, so August. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No wonder no, I was wondering to myself that you kept you kept pronouncing it a little bit different than I did. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I just didn't want to correct you. I felt bad oh. correcting you. You know. <laughs> uh, it's just noble and revered man, basically. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh. The the month of August actually is from August Augustus Caesar. So Augustus wanted to be remembered, so he he said he named the month of August after himself. Yeah, there you go. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys got some belly bounce from today's guest. Also, it would be awesome if you click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you find value in this podcast, please leave a rating or share this podcast with a friend. Have a great day ahead and see you next week on the Sipping Tea Podcast.